Shut up and sit down. Everybody, um, we are officially an hour and a half from the start of Rough Trade, and it kind of like I knew it was looming, but I just like lost track of it for a second. Isn't that a wow? Okay, so officially, uh, hour and a half from now, Rough Trade will be open for July. Our little black dress event will be in full swing. Um, <clears throat> And uh, that'll be fun. I'm doing Harry Potter. Um, Julie's doing MCU. Um, Lady Holder is doing um, King Arthur. Um, and her art is mad good. Did you see her art? Wow. It's awesome. Um, there's a whole bunch of entries for King Arthur. Yeah, that's what I said. I said King Arthur, didn't I? Um, there's a whole bunch of, uh, there's a huge list of stories um, for Rough Trade uh, this year, and there's lots of different fandoms. I- MCU is prominent, which is not a surprise. Like twenty, we just like, came out of like twenty uh, in- percent. Right, we just came out of Infinity War, so I'm not surprised by that at all. You know, it always brings that. You know, you we had we had two really big movies back to back in the MCU. We had Black Panther, and then we had um, uh, Infinity War, and then there was Thor Ragnarok before that. So. It, you know, that that's turned up a lot of action or a lot of activity in the fandom, so it's not a surprise that MCU is 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 in the house this time around. <clears throat> but I'm doing Harry Potter. I'm going to get it out of my system. <laughs> it's my Maybe. it's my bane and my and my um it's the it's it's, it's the challenge of cramming all that Harry Potter fic into 20k. And, and I have done it. I have done it, often do it, so it's a personal challenge for me, um, yeah, so, anyways, hour and a half from now, you guys can start writing, I'm looking forward to everybody's posts, commenters, you are welcome, don't be an asshole, <laughs> and let's get going, please, so, please don't be an asshole, please don't be an asshole, I yeah, I can't promise I won't be a super asshole back. Um, no, I promise you, actually, I will be a super asshole back. Anyways, anyways, we're ready to get started. Julie, Bilbo Baggins travels in time. Are you sitting in your air conditioner? Yes. Is it noisy? Very. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you start. I'm going to mute because you don't want to hear me moving. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Well, actually, my my favorite trope in um, Hobbit fandom is time travel because, well, we all know how that shit ended. And it was not great. 
it, it was terrible. It was terrible how it ended. And so I think Fix It Fix probably rank number one in the Hobbit fandom because there's so much <sighs> there's so much terrible that happens in the last ten minutes of that movie or, you know, in the last two chapters of the book that you just wanna fix everything. It's just it's unbearable. It is it is unbearable how terribly things go wrong. Um and no. No. Um, but one of the things I find is really interesting is most often or not, <laughs> poor Bilbo gets sit down right at the beginning of the quest. You know, so he has to go through all that shit again. <laughs> you know what? If it was my choice, I would be, I'd want to get dropped down in Lake Town. <laughs> so I don't have to chase my ass across Middle Earth again. <laughs> but that's just me. <laughs> I mean, unless you're changing something major in the early part of the quest, there's just not any reason to rehash it. Um, Although, honestly, if I was going to um, move him somewhere in the middle of the quest, because I have actually, I have two time travel fix in progress, and both of them started at the beginning. Well, one, um, Trinity... uh, they got dropped in different time periods. Well, and the other one, um, no, but that's not a time travel either. Oh, true. It's dimensional travel. Um, and the <laughs> other one, quite the same thing. And the other one is spirit born. And I put them in the past five years before the quest so they could learn how to use their gifts. Um, but I started small magic after the trolls. And I have another story in progress where they meet their hobbit burglar in the troll shawl um, instead of in the shire. That's a fun place to meet him. It's a her. Um, Her. Quite like they don't. They were not. They were not expecting what they got. (laughs) Um, Barbara, you got you got the issue. Um, click on the gear and uh, click the button that says "Clear Previous Style," and that should and that should fix you up. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so time travel stories always start, you know, in the Shire. Uh, but I guess the, the the point is, is you want to make Bilbo more prepared for the journey to get well, his could, relationship that... with Thorn off on the right foot. That could actually be funny because he could make that kind of somewhat humorous. I would do big time skips where, like, Thorne's got this little bag that he takes with him, and it miraculously has everything they need. (laughs) You know, sort of like, oh, I think we need this or that or, um, you know, whatever. Um, And they just kind of like are always perplexed why however they get into a difficult circumstance somehow Bilbo has what they need. <laughs> and I would need skip rope? between the scenes. I got rope. Yeah, oh well here's rope. <laughs> oh, I have spices for that. Oh, I have 
I have extra matches, you know. Um, and just think got the bag, the oh, I have bag. Oh, I have that. Or, oh, I've got, you know, ponchos, <laughs> rain ponchos. Oh, I've got, you know. And I would skip between the oh, I have scenes where, <laughs> and then show the increasing befuddlement about how he just seems to have everything and maybe have it, like, built into his person, <laughs> right? Like, well, the reason why he needs doilies or handkerchiefs is because when he unthreads them, they are super strong hobbit made, I don't know, fishing line. And they're like really perplexed <laughs> that everything about a hobbit is so useful and his buttons are used for whatever. Um, oh, well, I have to have my buttons. That's a very important. Let me show you what my buttons do. It's like, what do your pants do? Well, those are just trousers, sir. What's the matter with you? <laughs> don't you wear trousers? They cover up my butt. <laughs> What do your trousers do? Only a courting <laughs> hobbit goes around the Shire bare-ass. <laughs> I'm much too old to court. <laughs> Part is, is if they look in the bag, it's empty. Get that bag from him. What's in it? Nothing. <laughs> and then Bill can go, really? I trade with some elves for it, and they said the only people who would not be able to use this bag would be their mortal enemies. How odd. <laughs> Are you an elf mortal enemy? Wow. But yeah, they always put Bilbo back at the beginning, and sometimes it's like right of the, the the day of, so he has no more time to prepare than he did the first time. But I thought I think if you're going to start him before the quest, that you need to start him before the quest, like give him a year. Yeah, I mean, a hobbit needs time to prepare. I mean, you know, cook. (laughs) Make his buttons lethal. (laughs) Lay in some supplies, you know, order some tents, whatever, you know. But... To set him down, like, immediately before the quest begins, like, the day of that they arrive, is crazy, because what's the point? If you're going to do that, you can put him down in any other part of the quest. Yeah, if you're not going to give him a chance to really change the unpleasant aspects of the quest, um, huh. I got like a part of an idea. (laughs) (laughs) Now, first when we did John, we talked about why Bilbo would travel. Now, of course, the big one would be to save the Durans. But I think equally as important would actually be the One Ring. Yeah. And 
and, and Frodo. Um, <clears throat> in the afterlife, I think that could be a really big deal for Bilbo, is what happened to Frodo and the cost of that whole thing on him. Because Bilbo had the ring while it was sleeping, and it slept for, for decades. And any time during those decades, he could have taken that ring to Mordor. It was asleep. Yeah. The ring race weren't looking for it. Sauron didn't know it had been that it was in play. That's interesting. That is an idea. What if, what if, 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 what if Bilbo, I've got two ideas kind of warring in my brain. Um, what if Bilbo um, has agreed to go back in time or wants to go back in time or barters to go back in time? Because conceivably it could be something that happens in the Undying Lands that he he arranges to have happen or it could be something that's offered to him after he actually dies. Um, I've never been quite real clear on the Undying Lands and were the Valar actually there or not. Um, but anyway, um, but however you choose to interpret that, but he could, um, n- not wanting to have the temptation of going too far back and meeting himself, because the thing is, once you, it was clear in in the in the in the in canon that the, the ring wasn't just basically sentient it was almost it almost had some level of sapience i mean it made choices it wasn't just um aware so um mm-hmm. bilbo's knowledge of the ring ahead of time if he goes back before he gets the ring his knowledge of the ring if he's pursuing the ring with the intent to get the ring could affect his ability to get the ring mm-hmm. um i agree so if Bilbo is going back with the goal of getting the ring, he has to um, go back after he's already got it. That has to be his landing point in the past is after he's already in possession of it. And so it might be tempting for him to go further back and make the trip. But, I mean, nobody had been nobody had died. They had an, an, an unpleasant journey at that point, but nobody had died or anything. So any temptation to make the journey easier on them, he would have to get over that because he needs he needs to have the ring. So, but he also needs to feel the biggest true. mistake Bilbo made was letting Gollum live. Yes, that's true. So he could go back right at the point that he picks up the ring, um, or where he's having his little. Battle of Wits with Gollum. But, so what if he goes back to that point, and, like, he's going to deal with the ring, but, like, his the thing he gets out of it is he gets to be sure that the Durans are saved. So it's, like, mission one, save the Durans. Mission two, then after the Durans are safe, he gets to deal with the ring. And, honestly, he has more, potentially more help. Um Mm-hmm. 
One of my favorite stories in the Hobbit fandom is actually the one where Bilbo finds the ring and the dwarves figure out what it is. And instead of going to um, the Lonely Mountain, they take their asses off to Mordor. Oh, I haven't read this story. To destroy the ring. Someone needs to find the link and, to the story because I need to read it. They get separated at one point, and Bilbo finds an elf ship that flies. And so they end up on the ship, and then after they get the ring destroyed, they they fly their butts back to um, Erebor, and the dragon is is gone. He um, he the dragon dies in Mordor. For some reason, he ends up in Mordor, and I'm not sure why. I forget why. I need to read it again. And um, so the dragon is dead. They go they go to the mountain, and then Bilbo uses the the ship to migrate all the dwarves from the Blue Mountains. <laughs> nice. And Claire going, already Bilbo. has it. It's a great story. It's a great story. There, there's a lot that happens in it that I didn't say, um, obviously, because it's 131,000 words, and it is complete, and it's called That Wasn't Part of the Plan by Mad Fairy. Highly recommended. But it isn't a time travel. It's just an, uh, a canon divergence, which in its way becomes a fix-it because all the Durans live. I'm going to put a link on um, the podcast for those of you in the future who are thinking, I want to read that. There will be a link right there for you to click on. But it is also on AO3. Um, I highly recommend it. Mute. That's interesting. But so if it's it very good, back, but it's like um, Go if he if he goes back to um, at the point where he's getting the ring from. I mean, he has to, of course, decide at that point what he's going to try to avert and what he isn't going to try to change. Um, could he have go back with some knowledge of what's causing Thorne's gold sickness? He could ask the Valar if they know what's causing the gold sickness for the line of Duran. That could be the price he asked for. Yeah. Are they cursed? If they're cursed, how do I break it? Does he just need a really good proper shag? What? <laughs> what does this dwarf need not to go crazy? <laughs> I'm all in. Because <laughs> he, he needs to kind of prevent, I mean, I would think it would be important to him to prevent those shenanigans. There's a lot that needs to be interrupted if you go back at that point because he would want to try to prevent the destruction of Lake Town. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 
which means he would need to get Bard on board. Because huh. they need the arrow that Bard has, right? Um I don't know because that arrow is supposed to like be able to penetrate its hide, right? The thing is, is that when Bard shoots him, he shoots him in a spot where he has no armor to begin with. Well, I thought that there originally were more than one. Originally, was more than one arrow, and they weren't able to penetrate. His father is the one that um, knocked the scale loose to begin with when Smog arrived with those arrows. Yes, he made the vulnerability that Bard um, eventually, great-grandfather, um, eventually used to kill Smog. So he does have to hit him in that vulnerable spot unless they've got a better arrow. Mm-hmm. Or a really sharp elf sword. And the only way to get Smog with a sword is to put Smog asleep. And that could be knowledge he traveled with. What if Bilbo goes back with information about how to kill the dragon? He's the first person who encounters Smog. So Mm -hmm. if he goes back with knowledge about how he can kill the dragon, what if that's it? What if by the time the dwarves get in there, the dragon's dead? And they're like, what the hell happened? And Bilbo's like, it really wasn't that difficult. <laughs> I just threw everything I had on me at it, and something I had on me killed him. I threw my bag in his mouth. <laughs> it killed him. I don't understand. <laughs> and this would not be the same bag. This would not be the elf bag. But just let's say Bill's got something on him that he... Maybe he's been told exactly where to find in um, some plant or something in um, oh my gosh, what is the name of that forest? Where Thranduil and, and Legolas? Why am I blanking on names? Um, oh, um, the map of oh my God. The Greenwood, Merkwood, Merkwood. Merkwood, thank you. Map of the Middle East, not exactly what I wanted. Um, is <laughs> exactly where where to find what he needs to kill the dragon there. It's just nobody knows that what he needs to kill the dragon is there. He's carrying around a little pouch on his belt, and when he gets there and he's talking to Smaug, he just tosses it in the guy's mouth, and Smaug's mouth, and Smaug dies. It also would save a lot of destruction of air war. It doesn't solve the gold sickness problem, though. It'd be kind of cute uh, along the entire journey that every time Bilbo saw something poisonous, he picked it up and put it in his pouch. So by the time <laughs> he gets there, he's created the most poisonous thing to ever exist on Middle Earth, and it's in his pouch. <laughs> and he just throws it at Smog's mouth the first chance he gets. So Smog consumes everything that Bilbo could find that was poisonous between the Shire and Erebor. 
<laughs> which reminds me of that really funny Harry Potter fic where Harry sends Voldemort a bottle of wine full of basilisk venom and every other poison that he could possibly find. And Voldemort drinks it. It's crack, obviously. Do- so, but Obviously. I was like, why would he do that? Obviously. Uh, it was a thing. They were in a trademark war. A trademark war. <laughs> yeah. Because that makes sense. Harry reported Harry reported Voldemort to the Dark Lord Association of International whatever um, for using their their moniker without permission because he didn't have um, permission to use their trademark. Um, and so they're investigating him and then Voldemort reported Harry to the Hero Association and they kept trying to recruit him. It's 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 hilarious crack. But and it, it's, I don't normally read crack. So I have to be in this very special mood to read crack. Anyway, they eventually decided that Voldemort was too stupid, and his plans weren't good enough to be included in the International Villains League or something. And they they killed him, or he drank the wine. I forget. It was great, cracky. That's a good thought, Megan. Meg, Meg says in yeah, the chat room, I never understood why they didn't harvest the water of the river in Merkwood as a potential, how do you say that, soporific? Soporific. Soporific? To put Smog to sleep long enough to kill him. I think I mean. There you go, Claire. I was, I was beating them up. In the hero one, the, the villains league kills him. In the wine one, it's a bad book of the Wismanot, and they actually break Harry's wine. So he goes to France with Sirius and has a great time and buys a vineyard and takes all the, and takes all of his money out of Britain, which ruins their economy. And then he sends, you know, um, Voldemort a bottle of wine. Every once in a while, I'll get in the mood to read crack, and if I can't, if I don't have time to read, um, um, make a wish, then you know, I have to make um, adjustments. Yeah, because that that's commit that's crack commitment. Make a wish is commitment. Yeah, that that's commitment right there. Make a wish is huge, but highly recommend it as well. Um, when it comes to, like I said, I think it's really important where you sit him down and what his plan is. Yeah, and what he's trying to do. You can make assumptions that the ring can't get away from um, Gollum in time to protect itself from Bilbo's arrival. Well, true, but the odds... Oh, it could also be said that the the ring dropped out of um, Gollum's pocket because Bilbo was close and he needed a new source and it needed a new source of food. Yeah. I mean, it depends upon what the, what you ascribe is because the odds of Bilbo finding the ring again deliberately in in the Goblin Cave, I think, is slim. I mean, he found it by accident, and recreating that accident would be difficult because once he's got awareness of the situation, 
making sure he falls at exactly the right time from the exact right spot so he lands in the exact right place to not bash his skull in is, is a difficult proposition. So mm-hmm. unless he intended to find Which is why later, in Spiritborn, I had her go in through the um, the spot where... In through the exit? They don't get captured. Yeah. Because there was no way you could guarantee that. I would never um, – any kind of potion that is strong enough to make Thorne forget about gold, um, it either break the curse or not. Because if it's something so strong it would make him forget about gold, it's, it's affecting his will. So That's behavior that's, modification, and that's, that, and that's iffy. Yeah. So it's the case of, like, if I want something that you could, you could do, it, you could do something where there's something stronger than the curse – like, um, they tell him, like, you know, if he is mated to his one, which let's say it's Bilbo, because I would, um, um, that it will over, that it, the curse, it will be more, that, that bond is more powerful than the curse. Um, and if you were to use, if I were to use that device, then they would need to not be caught in Mirkwood because they would need that time to get to know each other and be having their, cementing their bond. Um, rather than languishing in prison. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you have to come up with some other way to something that either Thorin doesn't, I mean, you have to figure out the source of the curse. Is it a curse? Um, how do you, you know, is it, is it, is it the Arkenstone? Does Bilbo find it and just never tell anybody he finds it? Um, and gets it out of the mountain as fast as he can and gets it away from the mountain. Maybe once it's away from the mountain, the curse breaks. Um, is it the curse that somebody else has put on the mountain? If so, how do you break it? And he'd have to go back with that knowledge and be prepared to um, either overcome the curse with like, um, like I said, like a relation. If he's in a relationship with Bilbo, that would work. Um It's my head canon that if Bilbo was, I think, if if just if just Bilbo being alluring was enough to break the curse, that it wouldn't have happened. Because I think they pro, I think they were soulmates. I mean, to me, that's that my read on canon is they were soulmates. So um, that could be flash goggles. But anyway, is and so if Bilbo himself, unbonded to Thorin, unmated to Thorin, was enough to overcome that curse, then things wouldn't have gone the way they did. I think that Martin Freeman totally believed that they were soulmates because I've watched that scene more than I ever wanted to, and he put his heart in it. <laughs> yeah, he did. And Bilbo mourned like he lost the love of his life the rest of his life. So that is a difficult... I mean, already now. I don't. Now, a lot of times, I have a difficulty with um, one partner traveling, time traveling with the other. Um, but Thorin is so much older than Bilbo that it doesn't phase me that much. Right. Um, the only thing that would phase me is outright manipulation. Um, yeah, I'm very sensitive about manipulation, 
and so it um it can it can kind of trigger me and I don't want to discuss why but uh so I have to be um as a writer and as a reader I have to be very careful with with how I um <clears throat> structure such things just because I can't I don't want to write something that I think is abusive yeah I mean it could be that Bella doesn't know or he's just told. Maybe he's given some instructions from Yavana or Mahal or whoever it is to um, what? Um, I was trying to decipher something. Um, the um, Maybe Bill was told by Yavana or Mahal or somebody to um, take these steps to ensure that you're not captured or that you're released. And then the time that you need to spend kind of, you know, make camp somewhere, I don't know, um, and spend time, just, just wait for Duran's day, don't do anything. And maybe they know that given the time together, time and proximity at that point in the journey, that Bilbo and Thorin will um, come together. But Bilbo doesn't know that. So take away Bilbo having free knowledge of that, because all Bilbo knows is that Thorin died, um, and Bilbo grieved for the rest of his life, and then his nephews, you know, was tainted beyond belief by having to carry the ring, and um, he, um, it's as much a surprise to him that they come together at that time. Um, and, he, and, yeah, I mean, that would be a case of God stacking the deck in their favor, like knowing when they need time alone together. But you could even have them intervening for them in subtle ways throughout the rest of the quest that Bilbo isn't aware of. Sort of like, you know, you want to tell them, be on the lookout for these things. And those things just happen to be there because they're put in his path for him to find. The poisons he needs for smile are in his path. Um, the way to avoid um, the elves in Mirkwood is, is put into their path. Um, and Bilbo, Bilbo is kind of trusting it. That he's trusting that that. Yavanna is going to do right by him. We can't know he's not to. We send him back in time. They don't want him to fail. Um, and the cost for all of this, for saving the Durans and preventing figuring out how to break this spell, is that um, he has to deal with the ring. But if they don't wind up sitting in those dungeons, somebody at one point did a calculation of how long they would have been in Thranduil's dungeons, and it was a long time. Yeah, it's something like significant the amount of time. Wasn't the estimation something like a couple of months? <laughs> okay, so apparently there's an approximation done by um, uh, various little you know scholars on it, and. Um, See, they read the moon runes, the moon runes on Midsummer's Eve. They depart Rivendell on Midsummer Day. 
They escaped from Goblin Town on a Thursday sometime after that, and they stay was born, then traveled to Mirkwood's entrance about a week after that. They wander through Mirkwood about a month until they are captured by elves. They escape in the barrels and arrive in Lake Town on Bilbo's birthday, September 22nd. So they wander for a month in Mirkwood before they're captured. And how long did they say they were in the dungeon? Um, it says they escape in the barrels and arrive in Lake Town on Bilbo's birthday, which is September 22nd. But that's one source. <clears throat> Let's see what the wiki says. Okay, um, this seems to be a movie thing. It's not canon, so that's not going to work. Um, <clears throat> Are you reading this thing on Reddit? Is that it? Yeah, that's what I read on Reddit. Um, the, but the ambush of Mirkwood on the wiki is a movie thing, not a not a canon source. It isn't it isn't the book. Um, so the we know they end up in Lake Town. Want... The estimation, because the estimation is based on the book, and the and actually the entire Lord of the Rings text, because um, the estimation is that what a month wandering and two months in prison. So you want any map three of Middle Earth? So three months that they spend in Mirkwood. Um, Are you there? Yeah, no, I'm just trying to follow the chat. Um, So Bilbo was gone for two years. Yeah, timelines really, it's a little bit it's a little bit difficult to sort out. And that's what I um, do what I want. It's a little bit um The Bilbo has gone a long time. But I, I think the most of the events of the of, of the quest actually take place in the same year. Um Yeah. There's a big LR. Uh, I have a I have a huge timeline. Give me a second. <laughs> and yes, for those of you who are curious, when I do do that, <laughs> I am definitely wiggling my butt. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Timelines. Okay. Now, the Fellowship of the Rings is not five years.
back up a lot. Okay, let's see. Bilbo Baggins was born September 22nd, 2890. Okay, on April 6th, Gandalf visits Bilbo Baggins. And he's missing. He's, um, he's gone walkabout. So he comes back on April 25th. And he finds Bilbo, and but Bilbo says no. And then on April 26th, the dwarves arrive. Um, and they leave on April 27th. He finds the ring July 1st. And then the next date that we know is September 22nd. And that's when he they land in Lake Town. In the year 2941. Um, So. They find the ring. He finds the ring. They get chased. They end up on the eagles. Well first Thorin. You know. Loses his head. And almost literally loses his head. To the defiler. Then they have the eagles. Then they land on the um, the big rock. Then they meet Vorn, and they spend a week there. So they spend from June to September twenty second in Merkwood, roughly. So three months at least. Yeah. So if you can get them through – now, the, the, Merkwood is not so big that it should have taken them a month to get through it. It took them a month to get through it because they were confused and, and depressed and all the shit that went down in Merkwood. So if they have Bilbo guiding them through Merkwood and he is not compromised by any spells or anything, and he can stay on the path, um, I think you could get through Merkwood much quicker – um, it's a question of then what? So they have a hell of a long time before Durin's Day. Because they land in um, Lake Town September 22nd. Durin's Day, okay, Smog attacks Lake Town October 1st. October 1st. Okay. And then 10 days later is the Battle of the Five Armies. So, yeah, so I think if you kind of, if you cut down the time they spend in Merkwood to two or three weeks and they don't get captured or I don't know why they didn't go around Merkwood. 
Yeah, there was that. Well, based upon where the Eagles dumped them. They could have gone around, gone. They could have gone around that force in less than three months. (laughs) It It starts to feel like that, you know, Gandalf had an agenda, you know? Um, of course he had an agenda. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Boy, the zoom in on this map is super... Oh, my God. I've just never seen anything so sensitive. Okay. Are you on the LRT project? Yes. Um, I okay, love that I map. It's awesome, but it is very sensitive. Okay, so the Eagles dumped them on where, from where the Eagle the dumped, Eagles dumped them. They would have, they had, would have had to. It was logical that they would take the old Forest Road through Merkwood, right. which wound up not being a good idea. Um, they could have gone down to the river and grabbed a boat. I mean, they were always. The thing is, they knew that they knew that they had to be in Erebor. Getting arriving in Erebor early was not going to help them. So, it's. I mean, it felt like, and with the the eagles dumping them there, it's like, why would the eagles not cross? Um, I mean, actually, they'd be closer to where they needed to be if the eagles. Um, let's say the eagles didn't want to go cross over Mirkwood for some reason. Although they had to have wanted to in canon that they do. They're at the Battle of the Five Armies. So it just doesn't make right. sense that the Eagles dropped them. It feels like Gandalf, Gandalf wanted told the Eagles them to drop, drop them there. Them. Right. Yeah. Because when they get to the Karak, they're basically 450 miles from Erebor. No, it would be less because it's 450 miles. Um, well, yeah, to, from the Old Forest Road, when I wrote Small Magic, I looked it up. Um, they are 450 miles from Erebor. Yeah, I mean, there's just there's a lot of stuff that's convenient. I mean, there's stuff that... Um, it just doesn't quite make sense. I think you could make a case for kind of doing whatever you want in terms of where they get dropped down. If Bilbo's got help, I mean, it could be that, um, you know, if Yvonne is going to go through or Mahal or whoever's going to go through all of this trouble to ensure that that Bilbo and Thorne have time together or whatever, um, that those three months are not spent pointless, um, Yvonne could just appear and, Peter Thrandall and say, don't be a dick. You're going to run into some elves in the woods. I mean, some dwarves in the woods. You're going to see them through the woods, help them replenish their supplies, and then fuck off. Or else. Or else. Do you really <laughs> want to test me on this? Really? Don't be ridiculous. No one messes with Yovana's plan. <laughs> now, if you want to eat next year... Oh, the crops failed. Oh, what'd you do? 
We told you not to piss her off. But you had to go on and do whatever the hell you wanted to. Now look at us. We don't have any food. We don't have any wine. Wine being the important part. <laughs> well, I mean, there's all kinds of problems you have to you have to you have to you have to counter all kinds of issues when you do a time travel thing. But if you get so wrapped up in every canon element, you never can do a time travel story. I mean, at some point, you're just going to have to say, "Well, that didn't happen." Well, the fact of the matter is that um, Dal Gador and the Necromancer wouldn't be on Bilbo's radar. It would never even cross his mind. He wasn't involved in that. Yeah, and honestly, if Smaug doesn't destroy Lake Town and Smaug's death is not super public, nobody knows that Erebor is vulnerable. And think about it. If Smaug dies inside Erebor, the reason why everybody converged on that position was because it was so public that he died. Yeah, in Small Magic, I keep it a secret until Thorin is crowned. Break into um, Erebor in September. He's crowned on Durin's Day, and then he sends out announcements. He's already migrated all of his people. It's a done deal. This is our mountain. Yeah, you don't have any say. Um, so, and, and Thranduil, even if he does what Yvonne asks and gives them provisions and sees them through the woods, if they go into, he might send out sentries, but if they go into Erebor and never come back out, Reasonable to assume they were eaten by the dragon. He sure as hell ain't gonna go check. Not without proof you know, that the dragon is dead. It's my head cannon, actually, that because of what you did, which which story it it is small magic, I think. Oh now I have to go text you in private to make sure I'm not conflating <laughs> stories. Am I conflating <laughs> stories and revealing something I'm not supposed to? Okay. <laughs> Pardon us for a second. <laughs> oh, forgive but, my yeah, spelling. I... Okay. Um, why can't I think of his name? There. Okay. Blanked on a name. Yes, it is. That's that that is in small magic. Yes. It left my head cannon. Okay. And it has been so, revealed in, on EAD, so you can so you can talk about it. Okay. So in small magic, the source of the, the and it makes so much sense that in order to control the the east, that Erebor is the issue in Saruman controlling the east, and so he's the one who curses the line of Durin. Um, to to basically um, weaken the dwarves that foothold in the east, so that the goblins and the orcs can can take over. So sort of my head cannon. Um, and if and that was anchored in the Arkham Stone, right? Mm-hmm. 
occurs. If that's something like that is the case, what if that is why the Merkwood has become Merkwood? Is oh, sort of a poison leaching effect from that curse? And that the dragon and deal, the curse. Yeah, and so when they deal with the dragon and the curse, Merkwood starts to heal. Which would I don't think it would heal as long as the necromancer is still in Galdagor. Galdagor, whatever, whatever it's called. Why would you, I'm kind of reading a question. Broad indication that Gandalf what? Um, For me, Gandalf told them not to enter the mountain without him because he wanted to be able to prevent the the curse from taking Thorin. But he got there too late. Because he was injured in the fight with the necromancer. I think that the reason he told them, you know, to wait for him is because he wanted to to prevent Thorin from going crazy the way his father and grandfather did. I don't think it has anything to do with the necromancer. That makes sense. Because if Thorin loses it, there's nobody in good position to deal with him. Which is exactly what happened. Um, but regardless, based upon when they split up, if I recall, and my recollection is a little bit fuzzy here, based upon when they split up, um, Thorin, the necromancer is going to get dealt with no matter what Bilbo and company do. They wait That's until not their job. They'd enter... Right. They wait until Durin's day to enter the mountain because that's when they can find the door. I, I agree with you, but it doesn't I'm, – I'm, the point is, is that in terms of what we're plotting, nothing that goes on with the necromancer matters because Gandalf didn't get there for any of that stuff in canon in time for in, – in time to protect Thorne from the gold sickness. He didn't get there in canon. The only thing so, Gandalf got there in time to do was to prevent Thorne from killing Bilbo. Yeah. So and if Bilbo Gandalf plays his is, cards right, that won't happen anyway. Right. So he's trying to prevent all that. So, but anything, because of when they split up, anything that Bilbo and Thorne get up to in terms of um, killing the dragon the curse, whatever, any of that has nothing to do with Gandalf or the Necromancer. What is my ripple point? I I don't understand your question. The ripples are in Thorin living. And from there, they have to go and destroy the rain. But the Necromancer stuff is happening in parallel so basically the dwarves and Bilbo sitting on their butt waiting for Durin's day. In canon, they don't even know that fight is going on. So right. in their so, actions or inactions in a in a in a canon divergence in time travel has no impact on those events because they were never involved in them to begin with. So there is no ripple 
as far as the necromancer is concerned. And they specifically would not want to interfere with that because they don't want the necromancer actually out stomping around. Bilbo wouldn't while he's off dealing with the ring. So he would, he, assuming Bilbo came back in time knowing about the necromancer stuff, he w- it would be impressed on him not to interfere with what Gandalf was up to. And that he needs to be and very to go careful nowhere not to... near the necromancer. Right. And then he needs to be very careful not to let anything change until Gandalf had parted company with them. Because Gandalf needs to go do his part. So once you've established that, then you can make all the changes you want. And the ripple effect in terms of from Gandalf's perspective until Gandalf returns to Erebor. Why do you keep dropping Bilbo and Moria? I can't say the other word. That's why I'm saying Moria. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what. Are you plotting parallel to us? Yeah, she's doing. Okay, okay, okay. Because Bilbo goes nowhere near Mordor. Well, he passes the past that would take him to Mordor um, on their quest, but Bilbo himself never goes near Mordor in in canon. That's Frodo. Yeah. So that's why I was, cause up above, the first time you mentioned Moria up above, I was like, why would he go to Moria? So I was never really clear on that point. It, 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 would, it would be easier to destroy the ring, potentially, if Sauron is in Mirkwood instead of Mordor, potentially. But he was weakened by the stuff that went down at Dolgador. So, um, um, so he, he, he was weakened by what was going on there, but it's, it's not likely that Bilbo passing by him with the ring on the way to Mordor would escape his notice. Well, cause you need to keep um, it. It's, in, in mind that the, the the one ring is in fact a Horcrux. I that isn't something that I put in small magic as a whim. Literally, the one ring has a piece of Sauron's soul in it, and that's why it was indestructible. Or honestly, that's probably why Horcruxes are indestructible because the one ring came first. Would I mean? Is there anything to support whether or not Dragonfire would destroy the One Ring? Well, if we accept that the One Ring is a Horcrux, and that's why it's so robust, um, we know from Harry Potter canon <laughs> that a Horcrux can be destroyed with Basilisk venom because um, it's more cor- coercive than um, and Fiendfire, which is hotter than a volcano, and also a volcano. And also a volcano, yeah. Okay. Um, so, if the fire of a dragon is as hot as a volcano, fire of a dragon is as hot as fiend fire, 
it would seem to me. Now, I have actually read a story where Bilbo throws the ring at Smog, and Smog swallows it, and it ends up in his fire, and it kills him. And it kills the ring, too. It wasn't a finished story, but I, I, I read a little snippet of something, and I don't, I don't know where I read it. But it was funny. But it was great. And Gandalf comes to the mountains to the Bilbo Baggins. What did you do? <laughs> because well, all I the ring bearers are going to know. And I threw it at Smog, and, and then shit happened. I mean, I think it's an interesting idea, the idea of pitching it with in the bag of poison and tossing it into Snog's mouth. Um, of course, you'd have to have Snog die in a fiery death. I mean, he would have to, you know. But I don't know. I mean, you'd have to get it in the dragon fire. So that's a risky proposition. Extremely risky. Um but I don't honestly think that Dragonfire is enough, personally. Um, I don't think molten metal is enough. Um, a volcano is, is an entirely different matter. It has to be Mordor. I think it just has to be a volcano. And Mordor happens to be the closest volcano they got. True. Unless deep down in Erebor there's a pool of lava that no one knows about. I mean, what if that's it? What if what if the whole um, the, it has to be destroyed in Mount Doom is just a superstition because it was it was forged in Mount Doom, so they just kind of have the they just kind of assumed and that was that what it would Sauron that Sauron's propaganda, right? What if it could be destroyed in any volcano? And what if that's something that Ivana points out to him or Mahal points out? doesn't need to be that volcano. Pick a different one. And the question becomes, well, where is there another volcano? Well, now that you ask. <laughs> yes. Well, because um, that could be the case. I mean, they get to the afterlife and the halls are sitting there going, really? You guys went to Mordor to destroy it? And why would you go past on one of the biggest, most evil armies in Middle Earth? Why would you go there? Why didn't you go to where there was just like a dragon to deal with? A dragon, one. Uh, go up north. There's plenty of volcanoes up there. What were you guys thinking? <laughs> oh, they said it could only be destroyed in Mount Doom. Who told you that? Well, if we, you know, I don't worry too much about the book saying such and such is or isn't possible because, you know, that's the point of fan fiction. You have, to, yeah. you have to honor your own consistency, not canon's consistency. I I do believe that I I personally, I don't think I would have the dragon destroy, but I do, in small magic, have Harry Potter do it with Fiendfire because it is a horcrux. And since I've merged the two canons, um, and it is canon that Fiendfire will destroy a horcrux, it is legitimately... It would be legitimately ridiculous for Harry to try to take the reign of Mordor. But I'd be like, Hermione would be like, well, why can't you just set this bitch on fire? (laughs) Well, well, do you just want to go off and invade a Dark Lord's kingdom? If if, if that's what you want, you need to let me know. 
and the baby will be in the shower with your grandmother talking about you. <laughs> but yeah, so if you um I just honor your own consistency. Um they cannot I will point out folks though that they cannot it, assuming that I agree with I agree with the idea we pointed out that lava and cause of doom or in under um or in Mount Erebor shouldn't be any different than that in Mount Doom. But you can't dispose of it in a in a mountain with lava that you care about the mountain surviving because it destroys Mount Doom. It does. It does. So you wouldn't just want to trot it Unless down. Unless you've got an assurance from Mahal that if you drop it in this pool of lava, that it isn't going to blow up the Lonely Mountain. <laughs> the Thorin might not let that go. But it also needs to be said that the one ring has power because the other ring bearers keep wearing the damn rings. Literally, the one ring only rules the other rings. It doesn't yeah. rule anything else. It is galling. <laughs> like, bitch, take off the ring. Why don't they take off those rings? It's crazy. Especially the elves. They you would think if... Just... It's like putting on a ring that somebody else has a remote control to that can kill you at any moment, and you keep the ring on anyway. This ring will kill you. Here, wear it. You can't have the remote. Somebody else has that. They decide when you live and die. They decide when you even be a slave they, and when you'll be free. Even if um, some, even if they handed me the remote, the idea of wearing a ring that could kill me just so I could have power is crazy kicks. I'd be like, no. Even if there's no remote, it's still deadly. I'm not putting it on. Yeah, Barb, exactly. This smells like shit. Smell this. <laughs> Taste this. It tastes terrible. Crazy cakes. They aren't tainted, right? But he made... No, actually Sauron made all the rings. He made all the rings and then he made one ring to rule them all. Even if they aren't tainted by Sauron's magic, his ring still does control them. It can still control the ring. I don't. So why would you put on a ring that an evil dark lord could control? Why would you keep it on once you knew? 
Yeah, I think the only ring that was forged by Sauron was the one ring, but it still controlled all the others. So Okay. Um, once that happens, once your ring of power has been corrupted, basically, even though it's not touched, literally corrupted, it's corrupted by the fact that somebody has, it's sort of like, in this day and age, it's sort of like you've got a, you've got every, 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 let's say every country builds their own computer cloud security system. Everybody's got their own. Everybody's got one. And then someone creates one that can control them all. And it's sort of like the fact that they wouldn't shut their security system down and do, start over is crazy. Because oh, once they knew it wasn't destroyed, that they kept wearing those rings was just nuts. If Elrond was a smart half-elf man, he would have tossed his own ring in Mordor when he was there begging Ilthador to do it. But he could no more part with his ring than Ilthador could. Ever how you say his name. That's how I say it. Oh, it's Yildur. I was like, who is she talking about? I I, I told you. That's why I, me again. normally I can follow, but that one was, I was like, who? It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's interesting. Some of the chat, some of the stuff, and I, I, I actually, I think a lot of the, I think the, the, the conversation we're having in chat is actually really helpful. But one of the things I will point out is that one of the things that can be a deterrent to writing in The Hobbit is the amount of canon there is and that people have varying levels of tolerance to you changing canon and it can be intimidating to write in that fandom both from a research perspective and figuring stuff out but also from the perspective of pushback from readership about your interpretation and what you've done with canon um oh rogue i agree Think that um, Elrond should have just shoved his ass into if if he wouldn't part with yeah, the ring, have... just shove him in. Yeah, letting him go was just crazy. But you know, to some degree, you're never going to figure out. There are people who who this is their thing. This is what they do with all their free time is Lord of the Rings canon and interpretation of it, and, and not just Lord of the Rings and, and the Hobbit. All all the supplemental works, the the, the S one, the the how you say it. I think it's pronounced Lamarian, so but I don't know. I could have that wrong. I've actually never heard. And how do you say his name again? How do you say his name? Isildur. 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 Something like that. Isildur. Isildur. I think it's Isildur, but I don't know. Isildur. I should watch that. I should watch that on YouTube. I'll have to pay for to watch the whole thing. But before before (laughs) the freaking movies, I had no idea how to say like any of the names in. Let's just hope that um, um that that they did their research and they and they aren't leading us astray. <laughs> but you know, if you want to write in the Hobbit, it there's nothing wrong. I would say straight up, folks, there's nothing wrong with putting it that you're writing in the movie verse or Lord of the Rings that you're writing in the movie verse or that you're disregarding all the supplemental works. You know, you don't have to take every bit of canon into account. Um, oh, thank you, Fashion. I appreciate that. 
change my other headset. Okay, hold on. My earbuds are making my ears ache. You were right. Wait, what? What? Ilsador? Fieldor? Ilsador? Yeah, he should have pushed his ass in. No one would have known but him. Oh, he's, he 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 couldn't part with the ring, but he was so brave he jumped in. <laughs> he tripped. That's what I'd have said. He tripped. It was only the two of them there. <laughs> no one would have thought Elrond took care of that problem. He was a good guy. I'm just saying. Okay, kids. Um, I lost my tabs again. I have so many tabs open. <laughs> I'm just gonna move. I'm just gonna move the chat room to the very last tab position because I have so many tabs open. I can't even see what the tabs are anymore. <laughs> for me, for, for me, honestly, when it comes to the Hobbit, um, I I can write in the Hobbit because I can contain myself to just the Hobbit book. And just see it as a standalone. And that's why I don't read in the Lord of the Rings fandom as a rule. And why I would never write in the Lord of the Rings fandom. Because the fans, the readers, dudes, I love you guys, but you're nuts. And I'm not going to spend the next year getting comments from um, people who tell me that that I can't do what I want with my own shit. I mean, you should do what you want anyway. Always. I will. Do what you want. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean you. Not you, you, but them, you. <laughs> do what you want. Um, always do what you do. It. Even if you ignore every, there is nothing in canon, but for all of us who, it's interesting to me that people get really wrapped around the axle about canon and not have a problem with Cabbage Patch Babies. There's something remarkably inconsistent about that idea. You're okay about reworking entirely how hobbits procreate, but you're not okay with, you know, taking an event out of order or saying an event didn't happen or whatever. Or you're perfectly okay with Thorin banging Bilbo. But the guy spent three months in Mirkwood, or I'm not following canon. So that's my – there you go. That's my – I think that's at least what I would do. I would do some kind of mechanism where he comes back when he gets the ring so that we don't have – I don't, wouldn't have to deal with the implausibility of him finding the ring again. Um, he would make sure he didn't do anything until Gandalf had veered from them, that either he would know what to look for to get them through the forest or Yavanna would be putting things in his path to help them. Might or might not use the idea of um, – I might or might not use the idea of Yvonne giving Thranduil a smack around the head. Um, Someone needs to give him a then, smack around the head. Yeah. And then they are, I would, pro- I actually like that idea because it gets them provisions and gets them out of Merkwood without having to go into to Lake Town. And then they camp and basically hang out for, you know, a while um, exploring an area but or something. But if they Maybe don't go a- to 
if they don't go to Lake Town, you absolutely cannot depend on Barb to take the shot. That's right, not for that's you. What I, I know what be. you're going to do, but I'm talking to the audience. If you're going to skip Lake Town, which I think is actually very viable, I skipped Lake Town um, and then did a little Lake Town surveillance. But if you're going to skip Lake Town, you need to make sure that you don't need Barg to take the shot because he's not going to be in position to do so. So I would do this somehow. Bill will kill the dragon. They don't tell anybody the dragon's dead while everybody is celebrating. Um, doing whatever, Bilbo is working on breaking the curse. Um, and then once everything, the curse is broken, I would have them together, but I would not, so that Bilbo, Thorne's not immediately affected, but I think I would do the, um, Bilbo is going to, um, so it, it, long term, the curse is still an issue. It just isn't going to hit him as fast. If they're in a relationship, so Bilbo um, has to still break the curse. So once the curse is broken, I think he would come clean to Thorin about him living that few months, a few times, being through that journey more than once, and what he'd come back to interrupt. But that the cost of saving everybody, um, including all the people who died during the battle, is that they have to deal with the one ring. Doesn't mean they have to. So what are you going to do about have to go to the orc army? Well, the orc army isn't as much of an issue as long as nobody knows the dragon's dead. This has become an issue at some point. Well, he well, that orc army was okay. October first, the dragon attacks Lake Town. October 10th, the Battle of the Five Army happened. Those armies were already marching. That's true. So, um, that's actually really remarkably short, considering how long things were drawn out in canon, um, that that the Battle of Five, that Thranduil and, um, and, and Dane would have mobilized that quickly and gotten there that fast. I find that timeline implausible. But if that's the case, if if the orc army was already on the move, then Dane would have had to have been on the move too. Yeah, a lot faster than he um, than he was notified. Where is my map? Yeah, that's an issue. It's an issue. So, you know, Bilbo could tell him, you have to send for aid. There's an orc army on the way. And, you know, right now the only thing we've got going for us is that they don't know that the dragon's dead. Okay. So, um the beginning of a plot. Your turn. <laughs> I have so many works in progress for um, The Hobbit that it's kind of ridiculous. But um, I do favor making Bilbo a girl just because the whole thing's a sausage fest and it drives me crazy. Um, 
And yes, I did use that term. And I blame Azure. Because uh, it is. It, it is ridiculous how there, there, there's, you know what? I love Dick, but there's just too much Dick in this, in, 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 in this book. Anyways. Anyways. So, um, I probably do girl. And so I have two already where um, a belt, my Bella, my female Bilbo, has gone back in time. I have never done one where her sole purpose was um, the implication being that uh, she, while their deaths were tragic, it, it it wasn't enough to make her go back in time. So that's a curious thing. That's something to think about. You know, maybe she doesn't even like Thorin. He's kind of an asshole the whole trip. <laughs> It never gets any better. But I like the idea of, of Bella kind of landing in that moment when she picks up the ring. And she's, you know, she's standing there and she has to make a whole bunch of decisions at once. Um, especially if she didn't do it on purpose. If she wasn't given any sort of choice. And she just, you know, she goes to sleep thinking she's, you know, as an old hobbit and she wakes up in the cave. And then maybe later on she'll get a visit from Yovana explaining what happened. But she wakes up in the cave and maybe she thinks it's a dream, but maybe what if it's not and what's she going to do? I think the first thing she does is she kills Gollum. Mm -hmm. I think in any situation, in any dream, dream otherwise, in that moment, knowing what she knows, she would kill Gollum for what he did to Frodo. Just having that ring in her hand would be enraging, knowing what that ring does to Frodo and what Gollum ended up doing to Frodo um, and his ultimate betrayal. I, I, I think that she would kill Gollum and then she's going to have to get out of the cave and now she's got these dwarves to deal with, Jwaro to deal with. And so I... Bilbo comes out of the cave and he's wearing the ring and he's invisible. I think that Bella might do the same thing and instead of revealing herself, she doesn't, and she start, and she starts off towards Mordor by herself. But you had to ask yourself: the dwarves were willing were willing to leave a male hobbit behind, considering how they treat females in their own culture. Would they have left Be- Bella behind? And she's invisible, but she could still be leaving tra- um, tracks. And when they realize that she's veered off the path and gone somewhere else, Gandalf is going to want to follow her. A portion of the Jorah would, too, because she's female. Um, for, the, for that reason alone, because they don't, because they're very protective of their own females. And so, and then at some point, Gandalf's going to realize that his, his hobbit is heading for Mordor, and why the hell is she heading for Mordor? And so they, they're chasing her, like, maybe through a good portion of the story, and she has no idea. I think it'd be really oh, interesting. And, it, you know, and Thorne's, like, you know, pissed, but also intrigued. Like, what the hell? <laughs> what the hell is this hobbit doing? 
<laughs> and, you know, and just in her own stubbornness, she ends up saving all their, you know, the Durans' lives because it, it, it changes everything. And instead of the orcs chasing them to Erebor, they chase them to Mordor. Where every dwarf, want, where every orc wants to be for summer vacation. <laughs> where apparently they have restaurants. Restaurants? There's a lie in the movie where it says, where one of the orcs says something's back on the menu. Well, how the hell oh. do orcs know about yeah, exactly. menus? Yeah, we're, that's true. No, see the see, Azog was actually tracking Thorin. He was hunting Thorin. It was never about the mountain for him. Azog wanted to kill Thorin in the movie. It was about him and only him. I was under the impression that Dane sent someone to the meeting for him. I don't think Dane was at the meeting. I made him at the meeting in one of mine. Looks like something's back on the menu. Well, I fr- and I'm like, where are the orc restaurants? <laughs> 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 Apparently, but they must be in Mordor because that's we don't ever really get a good look at Mordor before um, Frodo blows it up. So. Um, Meats back on the menu, yeah. Okay, here here's an here's an example here's an example of Lord of the Rings canon fanatics being utter nutters. Okay, I'm just there's a Reddit question. When the orcs in Lord of the Rings say meat is back on the menu, how do they even know what a menu is? Do they all dine at Olive Garden in the book and learn what a menu is? And then their edit is. People are taking this question so seriously. The first answer, the first answer is English is not the common language of Middle Earth. Westron is. The books present themselves as translations of Westron to English. The names of some places are translated as a result. For example, the Westron name for Bag End is Labineg. One possible explanation of the orc's use of the word menu is that the original idiom spoken by the orc couldn't be translated literally. The meat is back on the menu is the closest in meaning anglicized version of the phrase. As if <laughs> you know, when there's a real Lord of this the Rings. This is a real thing. Right. There's a real Lord of the Rings written out there in Westron, and someone just translated it, and the closest word they could get to whatever that was was menu. That's fucking hilarious. We love you, though. We we, we love you guys. We You're especially you helpful we when we have questions. I really needed to know at one point how long it would take somebody on a pony to get to Erebor, and I appreciate the nerd bomber who invested their life in figuring that out for me. I love you. You're great. You're fantastic. You're nuts, but you're fantastic. Oh, that is so much better. Oh, ow. But, uh, yeah, so I like the idea of, of her not having, that it's just really all about, Getting rid of that fucking ring, and so, like she she gets she throws the ring in Mordor and trots out, you know, in the in the volcano, and then she trots out, and you know, 
they're all like, what the fuck have you been doing? <laughs> We've been following you for weeks, months, years, whatever. <laughs> Thorne's like, we're going to tie you to us so you can't wander off again. This is ridiculous. <laughs> what are you doing? But I do like the idea of, like, you know, that, you know, she's probably not going to go to Mordor because that, and then, like, um, at one point, like, Yvonne would be like, where are you going? I have to destroy the ring. I'm going to Mordor. Oh, no, no, honey. You don't have to go to Mordor to do that. <laughs> well, that's great. You could have told me before I tiptoed through Moria. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my like, how the now hell did got... she get the door open? Gandalf, how the hell did she get the door open? <laughs> well, she's very smart. And you're not very clever. <laughs> Speak, friend. <laughs> it's not exactly <laughs> rocket science. Well, Bilbo could have destroyed. Let's, let's say that you have the, um, depending upon your plot device, what you're talking about is she heads right off to deal with the ring. But if she were to just kind of keep it all quiet, quiet on the down low, um, she could even destroy the ring. Um, more on the Shire side of Middle Earth, towards the western side, but maybe north. Because mm-hmm. ice does not mean lack of volcano. No, no, I know, I know you've forgiven me, Thorne, but I really have to go home. I can't explain. No, I didn't actually go home. I, I went and found a volcano, but, you know, it was just a detour. And why were you having Jaro follow me anyway? That's none of your business. <laughs> oh, God, he would, wouldn't he? Yeah, he would. They send if he didn't follow back. her himself, the Hobbit she is currently. <laughs> she didn't go to the Shire. As a matter of fact, she's nowhere near the Shire. She's headed straight for a volcano. Thorn starts strapping on his sword. I knew I should have <laughs> gone with her. <laughs> <laughs> she can't be trusted. Damn Hobbits, they're always going off someplace doing something they're not supposed to do. But no, I do like the uh-huh. idea of, of her just, you know, being 100% done with all their bullshit and just like, nope, no, no. But if she does stay with them, you know, she's she's got all this experience that she didn't have before. Um, and so maybe she, you know, like picks up shit, starts to make herself a weapon <laughs> as they travel. <laughs> Makes herself a little bow or something. I don't know. It would be kind of funny just that she so that she went from being this I'm a lady hobbit and then she comes out of those caves <laughs> a badass <laughs> or if you do the interrupt further along in their journey and she's been struggling with staying the whole way and like she's abruptly better and they're like I don't understand what happened between yesterday and today well I got to fly on an eagle <laughs> Didn't you know that improved swordcraft for everybody? Are you better? Hobbits have known this. We don't have many eagles to fly on, but we'd be great 
at defending our homes if we could fly on them. <laughs> <laughs> Unknowingly says a deep, a deep a deep desire in the heart of all dwarves to take an eagle ride so they can be the best warriors ever. <laughs> you have to just stop posting the song. What is I'm gonna have Steve Miller band that's like Every time since that song come up, messy Miller band earworms for the rest of the day. It's kind of evil. It is evil, but not surprised. Really horrible, really horrible earworms. Everyone's gonna hate me for. You're gonna get Rick Rolls in a minute, and you won't even you won't even know what to do with yourself. The last time I got in a really bad earworm battle was with Cinna, and man, she is she is she has she has no prisoners. When it comes to the earworm battle, you do not want to fight with her. <laughs> but yeah, I have the idea of of Bella um, being back in time, um, whether either by her own choice or by uh, see, um, that's it, or or Yovana's choice. And um, now that's stuck in my head. I didn't listen to it, and it's stuck in my head. I, I send you the corner, but I think you like the corner. Anyways, but whether she sent back of her own free will or not, that she just like immediate. Oh, that that's war. Shots have been fired. Um, <laughs> y'all are evil. Okay, so whether she's doing it of her own free will or you know, at, at the will of Yvonne or, or Mahal. Um, it'd actually be really funny if Mahal was the one that sent her back. And she was like, what the hell? <laughs> Where's your wife? <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? Was not tortured enough by Dwaro? <laughs> are you fucking serious? <laughs> was it one arrogant dwarf enough for me? Oh, wouldn't that be hysterical if she gets in the afterlife and Mahal looks like a dwarf and she gets to the afterlife and he's one of the first things she encounters and she's like, oh, no, oh, no, I'm not dealing with you. No. I'm not dealing with you. No. Nuh-uh. He's like, you don't have a cho- Oh, I have a choice. I have what all if, the choices. What if she moves if one of the first things she meets there is Durin? And Durin the Deathless. And he's sort of like, I was supposed to be your child, yours. And you were consigning me to being born of Dane's line. I'm not feeling the love. <laughs> Go back. Oh, your shit. that would break her heart. Because she never. It would Because it's cut. <sighs> That's so mean. <laughs> <laughs> I would totally write that too but it is my headcanon if, if Bella doesn't end up with Thorin that she's just like Bilbo that she ends up alone the rest of her life and it would be terrible yeah. for her to die and to meet the child she was supposed to have 
But I love him to be actually a child, and, you know, not be an adult, not be an adult Thorin, an adult Durin. The story that I have in progress is the Shield Maiden of Erebor, where Durin has been born, and um, she saves him from other Doro. Um He kind of adopts her as his mom, <laughs> you know, as his Bella. She's his Bella. I, I really like that idea of her encountering what should have been her and Thorne's son in the afterlife. Sad, but I don't know. very interesting. About it, it would be a, it'd be an excellent internal motivator. As big an internal motivator as saving Thorne. Yeah, it's as big big an internal motivator as saving Thorne would be. They kind of go hand in hand because in order to get that baby, she's going to have to take a ride on that dwarf, and that ain't going to happen if he dies. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. And at this point, Thorne Oakenshield became a means to an end. You don't I don't like you right now. Biological clock. <laughs> and she looks at Thorne and she's like, you know, dude, there are times you really piss me off, but there's some, I have this memory that keeps me going. It keeps reminding why I put up with you. Yeah, I I like the idea of of her, you know, just being, you know, like going in to that cave thing, you know, being just unprepared and then coming out a badass because she has all of her memories from the future, including, you know, like maybe Dis trained her or D's trained her. Um, I always say Dis in my head, but it's D's, right? There's a that that, there's that. I've always pronounced it. I've always said it Dees, but it may not even be pronounced that way. I don't know. I think that the, the, the I is long, right? Or the E sound. It makes an E sound. Dees. 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 Anyways, that she trained Bella after the fact. Or maybe she got training in the afterlife from Mahal. Before she got sent back. That would even be more fun. They can set her down some weapons in the cave, so she finds the ring and some weapons. <laughs> Just her size. <laughs> it's a great cave. <laughs> so what I'm reading on this one site says it should be pronounced like D's. D-E-E-S. D's. I pronounce it with D's. a slightly different sound on the end, but it's, it's, a, it's a long E. It's a double E okay. sound, like E. D's. D's. E. D's. This one site says... It's, was, it's more of an E-E sound like the I in machine um, as opposed to an I sound. Furthermore, um, he said the vowels with an acute accent mark were slightly elongated. Put all together, uh, it, these, don't rush it. Basically, don't rush the, basically don't rush the pronunciation. These. We'll just assume that that's right. 
I mean, it's a it's a little cracky principle, right? That she goes into the cave, a gentle hobbit, and comes out a badass. But it's hilarious too. Like you know, yeah, because like, what's going on in that cave? And do we? And, and then all the all of the the dwarves want to run in there. Like, oh, we need to spend more time in that cave. <laughs> if it could do that for a hobbit, what could it do for us? For a hobbit, last no less. It's not, what could it do for a you know full grown dwarf warrior? And they come out and they're like, I don't really feel all that different. <laughs> you were already a badass. You don't need help. You obviously weren't lady enough. (laughs) (laughs) Like, ever since I wrote Darkly Lowell, I have this thing about where in time travel that my characters just should just do whatever the hell they want. (laughs) And explain nothing. How do you know this? It is none of your business how I know that. I don't owe you any explanations. <laughs> Where did you learn to fight? No, that's none of your business. Stay in your lane. <laughs> Harry, how do you claim your time? Oh, it's none of your business, Dumbledore. None of your business. And so I just have this whole thing in my head now, like when you time travel, that you should just be able to confuse the fuck out of everyone and not offer any explanations because you don't owe anybody any explanations. What are they going to do? Nothing. Yeah, right. Nothing. Exactly. Nothing's going to (laughs) happen. What you going to do about it? Nothing. That's what I thought. Talk to the hands. That's right. <laughs> it amused the shit out of me. It, it, it's like, uh, it's very amusing. I applauded something recently that I can't discuss. It's very amusing. Just don't even apologize. Just do whatever the hell you want. I owe you no explanations. For those of you who are in other time periods, keep in mind that Australia is already um, had their full day of RT. So there will be posts coming fairly soon. They're not cheating. They're just a day ahead of us because of the time zone difference, okay? So, so keep that in mind, and um, don't send me any emails about people cheating. I opened up posting for a reason. Because it, it has already been tomorrow in some places for quite a while. It's right. not tomorrow yet for me. And so they need to. Um, they deserve to be able to post, you know, on their first day because it is their first day. Uh, so that's why I opened it up to posting. So there, I think there is a post or two already for uh, for Rough Trade because we, we do have some participants in Australia who are participating. Um, I know there's at least one. There there could be more. We My email was pinging awesome. earlier. Yeah, there's several Aussie minions. Uh, I don't know. I know we've got at least one participant. Okay, so it's 3.20 in Australia and 6.20 in New Zealand p.m. on the 1st of July. When I have an idea that really, really calls my name, Ellie... I will totally stay up and 
write it out or get it out what I need to get out so that I can sleep. Otherwise, I won't sleep, and then I'll be really frustrated, and then I'll get pissed off of my own idea. And it is apparently 6.20 a.m. a.m. in the U.K., and it is 12.21 on July 1st in, in the central time zone in the United States. And I believe that it is 10.30 in the Pacific, right? Is, is that where mm-hmm. you are? The Pacific? Mm-hmm. So and then in Arizona it's currently ten, but then it'll be ten even when the time changes. Um, so yeah, so we're getting there. We're getting there. RT is officially open for me, but um, which means basically, as far as I'm concerned, it's open for everybody. <laughs> yeah, those of us to the west of 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 Kira get to kind of start writing early, although the odds of me ever starting to write before midnight my time is slim just because, you know, I'm going to get off the phone here and I there's like a shower to happen and snacks and, um, yeah, fold the laundry and then I can start writing. But I usually do start <laughs> right at midnight. It's like a ritual. I usually start a, I think yeah, one rough trade and one rough, one rough trade and one rough trade only have I been just exhausted on the first day of rough trade and just um, conked out before I got a word written. I went to sleep before. So here's, my, um, here's my ritual. I, I do my project files and then I do my um, outlines and I put all that together. And then about two days before rough trade, I create my word documents that I'm going to use so that when I get ready, I just click on my file and I'm ready to go. <laughs> It's sitting there waiting you, on me. I don't know why I do that. Yeah, it's, it's just a weird, little weird thing to do. I, I do something similar, although it's not two days before. It's usually the day of. I start prepping that morning. Um, it's partially for me just so I just, it's not, like the temptation's not there to start writing a little bit. Documents aren't ready. I'm not going to open them up. But anyway, um, but I always start, always, except for that one time, to write something. Now, I don't, actually, there have been a few times when I haven't posted the first day. Uh, that does happen, but um, not often. Usually I do post something on the first day. Not always right before I go to bed because sometimes I am tired and it's like I get like 500 words written and then go pass out. But I find it's much easier for me to pick up after sleep because I'm more of a nocturnal person. It's easier for me to pick up, you know, at my less peak, less creative time of the day if the page isn't blank. Um or if I'm mid-scene, you know. So if I'm right in the middle of something, I I start writing easier. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. It, it gives you a good starting point to, to work from, and you don't have to um, – it can be almost automatic for me. Yeah. Sometimes I, mean, sometimes I will leave myself on purpose. Like when I, when I post, and then after I post, I'll go and write. 100 or 200 or 300 words to be sure I've got another place to pick up from because it's just that the quirk of it for me is that I'm much more um, because I am a nocturnal I'm much more uh, but also I don't have as much time to write at night as I do during the day so it's a it's an unfortunate confluence there so um, but facing the blank page in the morning when I'm not at my most energetic and most creative is is killer so I don't want that ever. So that's why I usually try to write something before I go to bed. But there have been times that I have been so eager to get back to it that I have, like, rolled out of bed in the morning. And, like, before I even start brush my teeth or have breakfast or anything, I am 
sitting there trying to finish what I was working on the night before. Yeah. 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 I, I've been there too, but um, I actually started my, my Big Bang already as well, and I am 3K in, and I finished my prologue, which I told you guys last night that I did a prologue, and I really wasn't sure if I wanted to do a prologue, but then I had to do a prologue because I did a time skip, and um, it just felt unnatural not to have it in a prologue, um, but um, I'm really pleased with um, my characterization and everything so far, so, um, but uh, my my goal is to write a thousand words of my big bang every day. And so I'm going to be doing this during rough trade as well. But, um, so my word count for the, for the month is, um, my goal is basically, um, 70 K for the month. Nice. I have and this isn't something I recommend I for you guys. If you're doing that, um, just be careful. Um, don't stress your stuff out. Um, and don't try to um, do something that somebody else is doing because you think it would be fun if um, in a challenge environment if you've never done it before because you'll freak yourself out. Or especially if you're not writing in the same fandom, um, you can totally fuck up your groove, you know. Um, yeah. And you don't want to stress um, yourself out over your first um, over your bang. So. Or even if you are writing in the same fandom, you can um, conflate your events. And all of a sudden, you're putting stuff from your 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 bang into your rough trade story. And um, if you don't have any practice with that, um, be careful with it. I have some reasons that I won't get into, but there's reasons why I actually cannot work on the bang in in tandem. Um, I did get mine plotted ahead of time, um, and worked out a couple of problems and started working on the beginning of it. But now I have to set it aside. So I'm hoping to kind of finish up. Well, I can't. I don't know how I drag out short stories all month, but I'm trying. I don't want to. I don't want to finish as quick as I did the last time we did a little black draft because I think I finished the whole challenge in like twelve days. Yeah, I and that really was too. And, and then I felt like I wasn't. I I felt left out afterwards. Is that yeah. weird? So I. It was weird. It felt like I felt I I removed myself from the challenge. It was strange. So if I finish the first story quickly, I will take a break before the second story. So that I feel like I'm still more engaged in the challenge, and that that break of a week or so, I'll work on the bang. Two minutes, and um, the podcast will be sporadic during the month, obviously, because I'll be I'll have a huge workout to work with, and Jilly is um, doing her thing as well. So you know, just. Um, Listen to my archive and 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 make pennies for the podcast and let your cat listen because cats love me. It's cats true. do love her. Mike, I will entertain your cat for hours while you're gone. Just put it on, cue it up, and let it play. <laughs> Anyways, we're down to 90 seconds, and um, good luck to everybody doing Rough Trade. I look forward to your stories, and I'm super excited. We're going to have a big, huge challenge this time. There's lots of participants. Um, you can go to quantumbang.org for um, guidelines for the Quantum Bang. The, beta, the site is still in beta, but on August 1st, um, Jilly will open it up for um, participants. You can go ahead and sign up, but uh, you won't be added to the site as a member until 
um, August. So it's totally up to you. You can check it out, quantumbang.org. So say goodnight, Julie. Good night, everyone.